True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Hello, welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. And we have an episode tonight about our main case, which is the Missy Beavers case out of Midlothian, Texas. If you're just joining us for the first time, you'll want to go back and listen to some earlier podcasts to kind of catch up and perhaps watch some of the surveillance video that's available on YouTube. You can get it straight from the Midlothian Police Department's YouTube page where they have um, released the video surveillance video of the perpetrator at Creekside Church. And um, before we jump into the episode, we had some announcements to make. Renee? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm listening. I thought you were going first. Sorry. Um, okay, so we, I think it was a couple weeks ago, um, most people that uh, follow us and listen to our podcast, they know that we have, uh, with Ellis County Crime Stoppers, um, they have gotten the playing cards that have Missy's case. Basically, it looks just like the billboard on the back of the cards. We put, we put a picture of it on our Facebook page and our, uh, our group. But um, anyway, they were distributed in the Ellis County Jail, which is in Waxahachie, Texas. So it's just right next door to Midlothian. Um, and so she checked in with the person that keeps track of the tips and, so, and such. And the tips have increased um since they've been distributed in the jail so that's that good news it's so awesome right that's really exciting because that's exactly what we hoped would happen and that's just fantastic and those of you who haven't seen our cards we'll put a new picture up there and um, we did have a picture on our social media but maybe it's time for a new one um but yeah go back yeah. and you can dig through our facebook might be easier to find on instagram Yes. All right. Sounds good. I'm very happy to hear about that. That's such a cool program. We've talked about it on previous episodes and they're playing cards um, like you would play poker with or go fish or whatever. Um, and the cards are distributed in the local jails so that the prisoners will play them and they'll see missy's tip line on the back and it talks about the reward and it just talks about missy beavers and so if there's anybody in jail that thinks oh wait that might jog their memory or make them want to talk if they think they can get the money um and you know what was that there was a really interesting statistic you told me today renee what was that about how the tips come from jails Oh yeah, they, they a lot of tips um, will come from uh, someone in a jail because I mean you know that's where people talk and you know they hear about different crimes and such. There was a murder that happened about ten years ago in uh, Red Oak, which is another neighboring city to Waxahachie. Um, there was a man that owned a pawn shop and he was shot and, and killed. And it took about ten years, unfortunately, to solve that case but it was a jailhouse tip that solved it. Someone called in anonymously, uh, gave them the information they needed. They were able to find the people that were responsible for it. I believe it was more than one person. I have to go look to make sure, but I believe it was. But that tip came from a jailhouse tip. So that's really encouraging um, to know that the program that Ellis County um, 
Crime Stoppers works, you know, the, the things that they do are so pivotal in these, you know, um, cases and it, they're just so helpful. I mean, it just, it makes all the difference in the world. It's really amazing. I just am so excited that um, Crime Stoppers put out those cards. That was a big expense for them too. It's just fantastic. It was. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a, you know, of course this case is a really big case for, you know, we don't have murders like this. And so I know that it's, it seems like it's um, at the top of their list and we're so fortunate that it is because this person really needs to be brought to justice. I mean, and of course that goes with any crime. It doesn't matter what crime it is. They all need to be brought to justice. But I mean, something like this in, in Ellis County is just unheard of. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's just incredible that it's not solved yet. And thank goodness that there's so many strides being made toward getting more tips in because that's what we need. I think you're right. I think you heard today, someone said at Crime Stoppers that, it's probably going to be a tip that solves this case and it could very well be a jailhouse tip. So that'd be fantastic. Um, exactly. And I'm going to read a quick review before we jump into tonight's episode. Um, this awesome. one says, yeah, this one says great podcast and then it's five stars and it's written by W eight L O S E R. So it's kind of like weight loser. I'm not sure it's funny. Oh, wait, weight loser. Maybe it's like someone in a weight loss program, like that teaches classes or something. Oh, I haven't thought about nice. that. Yeah. And it's really weird the way Apple podcast is for some weird reason on my phone. I can't see the full title. It says great podcast dash F E dot, dot, dot. I bet I could see it on my laptop. So I'll have to look at that. I should have thought of that before we got in the air. Um, five stars. Thank you for all you do. People want to hear for free and then have the audacity to criticize. Don't listen to the negative Nellies. There are many that do appreciate all your offers and I am certainly one of them. And then she put a red heart at the end. That was very sweet. Thank you. Oh, Wait that is nice. Yeah. Thank you. Wait loser. We, we read each and every one of your reviews and we really appreciate the people who like our podcast and are kind enough to stop and take a minute out of their day and write us a positive review. We, we will, um, be sure and read yours on the air. We will, we will eventually get to all of them. Um, okay. So yeah, Renee, please don't hesitate to give us five stars. If you enjoy our podcast, cause we really do enjoy reading them and we enjoy knowing that people are enjoying listen to it. And we do try hard to keep this thing going and it, it's challenging at times, but we're doing what we can. Yeah. And it really helps us to press on um, to see your, your feedback. Thank you for that. Um, okay. So I guess we're going to jump right into the episode, basically tonight's episode Renee and I were just sort of, there was just like a list of things we really don't understand about this case. And we're hoping, you know, it's kind of like, can someone explain this to me type of thing? So Renee, do you want to get us started? Absolutely. Okay. So the first thing that I um, was thinking about was why didn't police release the information on the Ultima? Um, so I don't know if everybody knows, but when the Ultima came into play, uh, we learned about it from SWFA releasing the video. That's how we all came to know. Well, police did release a picture of the back of the Ultima, but that was pretty much all they released. Right. Um, SWFA released the surveillance footage that we see, and that's so much more helpful than just a picture. So I was just always wondered, like, why did they do that? Why would they not want to release that so that people could, you know, obviously look at it like we, we are able to now and determine whether we know we know who that might be or we know somebody who owns a car like that or you know whatever I agree with you and I often wonder it was that supposed to be holdback evidence or you know but if that was the case they probably would have encouraged SWFA to remove it from their YouTube channel so 
the fact that they let SWFA leave it up kind of, I don't really understand it either. That's very interesting. And that's kind of a good segue into my, one of my questions is why all of a sudden this pertains to the Nissan Altima that was seen on camera on surveillance at SWFA a couple hours before the murder. We do not have any confirmation if that car is in fact involved in Missy's murder, um, but it's been speculated that it could be connected. Um, my next question is similar, goes right along with Renee's, and that is why all of a sudden in 2019 did MPD release, release a statement saying they're looking for a Nissan Altima or an Infiniti? And Renee, you and I have talked about this so much, and you're right. You actually really looked into it closely, more closely than I did. And you found that those headlights, taillights, those just aren't consistent with the Infinity model. I realized that there are the Infinities and Nissans are made by the same parent company, and that car would have been made on the same chassis, but there are distinct differences. And that's why you can charge more for the Infinity if they looked exactly alike who would pay the infinity money, right? They have to make them different. And so there, you were right. That's just, there's no way that car in SWFA parking lot was an, an infinity. No, there's not. And, and it's, and it's crazy. That's why I said, when I read the article, I was like, are you kidding me? This is not an infinity G37 or whatever it said. This is absolutely a Nissan. You can see the Nissan logo. I mean, you may not be able to see a lot in that, in that uh, surveillance footage, but you can definitely see the Nissan uh, logo on there, you know, the right. emblem or whatever it's called. I mean, it's clearly, and I think I even have it uh, narrowed down to it's a 2011. I can't remember what the difference is between the 2010 and 11 or 11 and 12, but I think I tied it down to the 11, if I'm not mistaken. And I did that a couple of years ago, but yeah, I, you're right. It is very strange. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's wild. Okay. So I'm done with that one. Okay, so my next one is going to be on the CSI report. Um, they mention that there was a gun found at the body site location. And I never have understood that because that could be interpreted a couple different ways. Um, of course, I think a lot of us, I think me and you both, when we read it, we thought it meant there was a gun found beside the body. But yep. then we found out that that wasn't the case. Um, and it could have been interpreted like, a gun found at the body site location as in the church, you know, because that's where, you know, Missy was. So it's just kind of weird the way they worded it. So it's kind of hard to really understand exactly what they're saying, um, which that's probably not the only thing in that CSI report that was confusing. But that one always, I always thought that one didn't make sense to me. I thought it was kind of weird. Yeah, that has thrown me ever since we saw that CSI report. And something else that's interesting to note about that CSI report is the gun part that we're referring to being found at the body site location. We did not know it at the time when we got our hands on this document several years ago. We didn't understand that that was actually mistakenly left in there. That was supposed to be redacted. We have spoken to people who obtained that document the same way we did sometime after we did and that gun information was redacted. So we kind of think that we weren't supposed to know about that. What do you think about that, Renee? Yeah, I agree with you on that. I definitely think that it was supposed to be redacted. I, um, you know, and, and, and that's, that goes along with the same mystery of the, um, 
it, it was said that it was Missy's gun, but they did a inventory of her truck and they didn't mention the gun. So I never did understand that either. I was so confused. I was like, okay, so if it's her gun, then why wasn't it mentioned? But it was said that her gun was definitely in her in her vehicle. So I don't know. That's another mystery, but I don't understand that. And I'm know. and I'm right back to the body site location. That's really a stretch to call a gun in a truck outside and then her body found at that toward that next entrance to say that gun is at the body site location. I guess they mean the the church being the body site location, but that really yeah, is I, really confusing. I mean, maybe they did it on purpose. Maybe they don't want people to know that it was found in the truck or they don't want people to know that it was found inside the church. They want it to be very vague. Maybe that's their point. I don't know. Yeah. And then they decided to completely redact it. So that's very, <laughs> very confusing. So, um, okay. Right? So, the, so the next one that really confused me a lot was we found a December 26 search warrant, the one that was done on Bobby Wynn Henry. And eyewitness report says that there was a small dark SUV seen leaving the church. Okay. So leaving the scene of the crime, fleeing the church after the murder. Now there's been lots of talk from MPD and everybody else about this silver Nissan Altima, but why this is something I don't understand. Why were, was the public never informed of the small dark SUV? That is very important information. If that was indeed the perpetrator fleeing the eyewitness was in a routine of driving by the church every single morning at that time. So they made a mental note. It was a, I guess it's okay for me to say it was a male. Um, he made a mental note as he drove by, huh, there's a car leaving the church. And I guess he just wasn't used to that. He's probably used to seeing people starting to arrive at that time, but to see a church, I mean, to see a car pull out of the church onto 120, uh, onto 287 at that time of morning, he just noted it. And so he went on about his routine. And when he heard the news later that there was a murder at that very church, he decided he better call and tell MPD about the unusual thing he had seen. So I'm so glad he did. Yes. And that's, that's a huge piece of information. Now it's in public records. So that doesn't really make good holdback information and holdback information you know, is usually what they call information that they keep to themselves, law enforcement, so that they can hopefully catch the perpetrator in a lie about it later. It's stuff that only the perpetrator would know, that type of thing. Not necessarily catch them in a lie, but it would be like you'd be talking to them and then they would say um, something and then, oh, okay, well, we didn't tell you that, so you must be the perpetrator, you know, that kind of thing. Um, only the perpetrator right. would have that information. So, I mean, that seems like strange holdback information to me. It seems like if you have a getaway vehicle or the car that the perp is actually driving him or herself leaving the church, I would think you'd want the public to, you'd dispatch that information out to the public ASAP, be on the lookout for a small dark SUV. Because, you know, I've said this many times before, but let's say that you notice your neighbor who drives a small dark SUV left and you're thinking, wow, why would they leave late at night in the middle of the night in a, you know, in the rain, you know, and then they're acting weird the next day or they miss work the next morning or any number of things. 
And then the small dark SUV could be the clue that sort of ties that together for you. So it's really, it's really interesting to me that MPD chose not to tell the public about the small dark SUV, which sounds to me a lot more likely to be tied to this crime, in my opinion, than the Nissan Altima, because that was down the street several hours before the murder. We've got the small dark SUV literally fleeing the church at four. They said approximately 435. I mean, that's perfect timing to be the perpetrator. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I never didn't understand that either. I mean, you know, like you said, you want the public to know, you know, who they're looking for, cars, especially things like that. That can be really good tying information. And it just, I don't know, like, I hate to keep repeating it, but it, that doesn't make any sense to me either. It's like, and I, I remember one of the police officers mentioning a car they could see in the distance, but it was so far, so distant in, yeah. I guess, in one of the cars that they couldn't make, you know, out of model or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's what they were talking about. And then, then it was seen leaving if that's the car, but I don't know. I, you feel like you, you've got to give people, you know, enough information to go on things to look for. And I just, you know, I guess they had their reasons, but it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. sit right with me. Yeah, it, it's just baffling because I would think that the car scene leaving the scene of the crime, that should be out in the public and that should be a plea for help, not the one at the SWFA. I'm not saying we shouldn't look for that car too, but this one was literally seen leaving the scene of the crime at the exact time that, um, you know, right after the murder. So that's, that's probably, exactly. I think that might be my number one question out of all these. Um, but okay, so did you have one you wanted to do? Yes. Um, okay, so I did that. Okay. Um, now, when we got the information, we, we, um, we got the call logs and reviewed them for the time frame of the murder. Um, it was said that there was two 911 calls made. I guess, you know, two people probably frantically, you know, both at the same time picked up their phone and just dialed 911, which makes perfect sense. But for some reason, only one of those 911 calls was recorded on the call logs, and I never understood that. That's really strange. I really thought that that, that every, I thought it was probably a very strict methodology they use where every single 911 call has to be logged because we know they're all recorded. Um so yeah, I was surprised by that as well. When we got those calls for service or whatever that thing was, that document, it literally just showed one. And we have been told repeatedly um, by eyewitness, by you know people who know that didn't we talk to a someone who was who did we hear that from? I'm trying to remember, but we heard from people that there was two, definitely two calls by two different people. Oh, I believe it was also wasn't it also. Um... It was written somewhere in some yeah. report we've seen also that yeah, there was two 911 yeah. calls made. Yeah, I think we did see a report where it was somewhere official, and then we also heard it from people close to the case. But yeah, they only have one of the participants' 911 call recorded that they put on the log anyway. Very interesting. And I, and I get that, you know, if they, you know, okay, we already have somebody else on the phone. Uh, about this so I'm going to let you go so they can continue talking to this person so we don't have two of the same you know because they can't send yeah. out two different officers yeah. I mean they'll probably send out more than two but you know what I'm saying yeah exactly. I get that yeah. part of it 
but why was both of them not recorded? That just is weird to me. I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything weird going on, but it's just weird. Well, you make an excellent point. Maybe if one comes in right after the other from the same exact site, maybe they just quickly do let the person go. Cause there was times where I have come up on an accident and called 911 and said, Oh my gosh, I just, this huge accident just occurred. You know, there's no police there. There's no ambulance there yet. And they'll say, yes, we just got a couple calls. They rushed me off the phone. They didn't ask me my name or anything. So maybe it was that type of thing. You actually, I think, it you been. I think you might've just figured that out. I just um, solved it y'all. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. So my next one is it's kind of a two-parter. So I'll go ahead and do my last two as one because they pertain to each other. But I always wondered why they did not, why police didn't talk to um, a woman who is really good friends with Missy, arguably her best friend and confidant, and also her boss at Clamp Gladiator. She actually trained Missy how to do her boss. She was her manager. And she knew so much about Missy and her family and her life and her comings and goings at Camp Gladiator exactly exactly how she runs her classes not only does she know all that because they were good friends but she also is the one who taught missy everything she knows about camp gladiator and additionally this woman also had all of the logs of the people who are participants in the class the visitors in the class the people enrolled in the class i mean she had all of that information at her fingertips and it's shocking to us that that law enforcement never spoke to her. The reason we have that confirmed is that we spoke to her and we asked her that very question. She's a very nice person. She's never once, she's never said anything bad about Midlothian police, but she just answered our question honestly. And, and Renee and I were just baffled by that. That's just unbelievable because that woman you know, they always say you should talk to the best friend of the victim. Well, she's both. She was not only her best friend, but she was also the person that, I mean, this crime occurred at a Camp Gladiator class, setting up Camp Gladiator class. And this woman is the one who trained Missy and that Missy reported to. Yeah, you know, remember when we did that episode with Cheryl McCollum and she said that um, later, one of the so like some witness would come forward and say oh well, i'll have information about xyz and um the police would say why didn't you ever tell us that and they go you didn't ask you know why didn't they question her i mean they they, they could have had a wealth of information at their fingertips by talking to her it's well, just right. i think i think that was, i think that was the christine menina episode but i'm right there with you that's oh um, was it okay it's same, but you know what their shows were very similar and they think alike so yeah, yeah. They were, um, yeah. but you know I just, that, no, 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 no big deal I just wanted to say I didn't want to correct you I just wanted to say it in case somebody was going to go back and listen to Cheryl looking for that um but it's it's true though I mean it's just remarkable that that wasn't done you know and um but luckily we did hear that she did go in there on her own and not long ago, you know, it was definitely around the five-year mark. Um, she did go in there and speak to Midlothian police. So that's good. Um, she went in there on yeah. her own. So that's wonderful. Now, my next question is, um, it goes along with this one. Um, and this is information we did get from her. We were surprised that MPD did not issue a search warrant for 
the Camp Gladiator email. Apparently, Missy's referred to as a Camp Gladiator trainer. They call them trainers, the, the instructors of these classes. And um, her boss was telling me that the trainers will, they have each one of them, Missy included, have their own email address. And apparently there's a site where I've, I've not been able to find this. I need to try harder. Apparently there's a site where the Cat Gladiator trainers are pictured there. You see their picture and then you can click on there and send them an email. And it's separate from their home email. It's a Camp Gladiator account. And I just found that very interesting. And so did she is that, you know, if she had, a, if Missy had a stalker, that would be the perfect place to send her either creepy and strange messages like she got in LinkedIn or just maybe innocent. Sometimes stalker types will send totally innocent messages like, hi, I was thinking about joining Camp Gladiator. And then that could end up being a weirdo, you know, that's just trying to get a hold of you. Exactly. There's any number of communications that could have been in those emails. And it's just possible that MPD didn't know about them. But if they had talked to Missy's best friend slash boss, they would have definitely been informed of those emails. So it's kind of, that's why I said that my next one kind of went hand in hand with my one before is they're all tied together. But I, yeah, I don't understand why we don't have any search warrants for her Camp Gladiator account, especially since she was killed on the scene of a Camp Gladiator class getting prepared for it. Yeah, they covered the races on, you know, Facebook and, you know, LinkedIn and all that stuff, but they, they just left that one out. And that is, that is crazy because that one probably had a lot of good information. So. Yeah. I wonder if it's too late. You know, I don't know how that beats me. Yeah, me too. I don't know how that stuff works. Some things never get deleted and you can always find them. Then you find out later, like apparently the LinkedIn when they weren't able to trace. So not everything's perfect. So um, it's just interesting to wonder about how some of that technical, how some of those online communication things just, I always thought it was super easy to trace things. And then sometimes you'll hear it's not easy at all. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's, that's possibly true. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. Right. Right. No, (laughs) even as much stuff as we've read, we're still kind of like, okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we asked Menina about it and um, it, it made me feel better that there's a lot of people in law enforcement that don't know all the ins and outs of that stuff. So I guess we can't be too hard on ourselves. Um, well, I think that this is kind of funny, Crystal, because I think that was actually Cheryl McCollum, because <laughs> she said that's out of my yeah. wheelhouse, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. And she said that we should ask Menina. <laughs> and then we did ask Menina on the Menina episode. And she and, didn't know. And she didn't know either. It was, it's yeah. just difficult. Which makes sense. I mean, again, that makes sense. It's, it's probably somebody specific that works that type right. of stuff. And right. Yeah. That does the technical stuff. Right, um, right. Um, all right, so I have I have the last one. Oh, that's right, you've got one more. Um, okay, so why won't police release more footage? I know that a lot of people have asked that question, and believe me, I think I've said it a thousand times, <laughs> and I just my mind just doesn't understand. You know, I mean, like I said before, even in the Delphi case, they had they released more information, more footage, and um, you know, got more tips. Um, from what I understand, they're, um, they've actually got it now either limited to, to somebody specific 
or they think they know who it is. I don't know which, because I haven't really kept up with that one. But, you know, you just feel like after five years goes by, that's like a, you know, a time frame that you can be like, okay, let's release some more footage. But I don't see that happening. I agree. You'd think even just a few seconds could help because someone could see something more identifiable in that. I would like to see that footage that, and, you know, it's been debated on whether or not this is true because obviously things were chaotic that very first day. But in that very, very first press conference, Captain Span says, we do have footage of the perp. I think one of the reporters at the press conference asked, and he said, yes, we do have footage of the perp leading, um, after the murder occurs, presumably going down a hall, presumably to leave. And yeah, that would be very interesting to see because you would think that the person's gait would be different. They'd be walking more hastily or, you know, with more purpose, having already committed the murder and knowing people are about to arrive and needing to get the heck out of there. Um, that would be very interesting just to see a little tiny bit of that or any of the other because they say that they have the perp on camera for 28 minutes walking around and I think I remember early on somebody asking and Kevin Johnson what you know the spokesperson and he was the assistant chief of police at the time he would he said something to the effect of nothing else was really identifiable usable not as clear that kind of stuff but you know if they do have, and this has been debated too Renee I don't know what your opinion is on this but we have had people say, no, there's not 28 minutes of footage, um, but this isn't anyone official. This is just like people we've discussed the case with. People said, no, it's not 28 minutes of footage. It's 28 minutes that the perp was there and there's only a small amount of footage. What do you think about that? Do you think they have, I always just really felt like they did have the perp on camera for 28 minutes. Well, yeah, because you know, we already know that they have the uh, perp leaving the scene. We know that, um, you know, Misty is seen pulling in and walking in the building. So we know they have that footage. So we know that they have more than the two minutes and 23 seconds that they sent us. So I I think they have more. Maybe they don't have 28 minutes worth, but I know that I I believe that they have more than, well, we know they have more than two minutes and 23 seconds or 26, whatever it is. Uh, We know they have more than that, but is it another minute? You know, I I tend to believe it's more than that. I mean, well, what are the odds that the perp just hung out in a room where they weren't seen on camera for, you know, 25 minutes? Exactly. And they're motion activated and they're at each corner. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there's more footage and And, you know, it just doesn't make sense that MPD would, unless, this is the only thing I can think of, this popped in my head while you were talking, I think it's possible, possible that they are not releasing more video because they're not interested in people guessing who they think it is anymore. They may know exactly who it is, but they can't prove who it is in a court of law and the video won't help with that. Because people are just going to be throwing their opinions around. Oh, it looks like, you know, the father-in-law, that's people say that all the time. Oh, and it looks like um, this, that, or the other, which are incorrect. You know, maybe somebody, you know, I was listening to the Bobby Chacon episode, which I highly recommend if you're listening to this right now and you haven't heard when we had Bobby Chacon on, he's fantastic guest. He was FBI, retired FBI. He writes for criminal minds. He's a consultant on a lot of TV shows um, to make the FBI agency more realistic and the scripts more realistic. But he, he made a very interesting point 
he was saying that um Well, you know, Bobby talked about on that episode about how, you know, people would call in tips as they would release more video. This is cases that he's worked on in the past. And he said one time they released a little bit more of the video and somebody called in and said, I know who that is. He manages the Burger King down the road. And Bobby was thinking, well, thank you for the tip, but he couldn't tell them this, but he was thinking this guy was making $800,000 a week, you know, as a kingpin in New Jersey to sell, you know, be at the top of a bunch of guys that sell drugs. So he knew that's not who that was. He's not going to be managing a Burger King in some tiny town, you know, in the South. So that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was really interesting that, you know, we, we just wonder why are they not releasing more video and, you know, a lot of times I think it's possible that MPD might, and, and in, in fact, I think it might be possible that MPD isn't releasing more video because they might know exactly who it is. And there's no point in having a bunch of guesses, wild random guesses coming in when they could focus that on, on the investigation. So anyway, so that's it. That was the point I wanted to make. And um, so did we have anything else we wanted to add before we let everybody go? uh no i think we did it before the show i think we're yeah done. okay great we're all up to date on our current events and everything so thank you so much for joining us for true crime broads and we look forward to seeing you next time thank you Yes. Yeah.